I am a white, transmasculine, femme, non-binary, temporarily mostly able-bodied, neurodivergent, obsessive, compulsive, chronically ill, culturally Jewish, unitarian, universalist, non-monogamous, demi-low romantic, gray demi-bisexual, survivor of acute and complex trauma, millennial. Listen, living, listening to Synchronon. Sick and wrong. Yes, you're listening to Sick and Wrong. The Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. God, what a bunch of scumbags. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, T. Simon. Hiya, I'm nasal fisher Kate Rambo. Are your anal fishers back again? I have my nasal fissure back. This is like probably the worst nasal fissure I've ever had. It's so painful. Ooh, yeah. You got. You really need to curb your cocaine usage. It's. Uh, I really need to curb my job usage. Is <laughs> what it is. It's my job that caused it. So your job is the worst one I've ever had. I wish. My God, I would never. I would love that job if it gave me cocaine. I know I did work with a crackhead at one point, but he wasn't exactly uh, handsy with the cocaine. So do you have to go back to a doctor to check out your anal fissures? Yeah, I'm going to have to go. And then it's just an awkward thing. I mean, your brother wouldn't care about the anal fissures, but I would like to state here that it is my nasal. Nasal. It's in my fat Nordic nose. Are they going to have to, like if it gets infected, are they going to have to cut your nose off like that meth dealer in, what was that that movie of Val Kilmer? Salt and Sea. Oh, Salt and Sea. I was thinking about that. I was like, I've come to terms in my nose uh, over many because uh, I do have a, a distinctive looking nose. People have often said it looks like I've been punched, but it's just a Nordic nose. It's just like a fat Nordic nose and I like it now. So I'd probably get it reconstructed to look exactly the same. Would it look like Michael Jackson's nose? Well, he, he didn't have a fat nose. He had the exact opposite of the type of nose I have to he Yeah, I know, but he nose. had like that really kind of thin elvish nose. Why not, why not do something like that? I don't want that type of nose. I want a fat nose. Like, like I want, you know, I kind of look like, it's my probably my Indian genes coming through as well. But I wonder what it would, like, I wonder if they would do that or if they would give you, like, a cap to put over, like, if they'd cut your nose off completely so there'd just be a hole and they'd give you, like, a, you know, like a cap, like a fake nose that you wear, like, you strap like on. Like a Mrs. Potato Head. I could have a different one every day. Yeah, like, you strap it, just like the guy in Salt and Sea. I want a Hitler mustache one, then. You should get a sick and wrong Groucho Marx one. I'll have that. I'll have that for the weekends when I'm feeling silly. But Monday, Monday to Wednesday, I'll have Hitler because they're like the Hitler days of the week. You know, when you're grouchy, you're not very happy. And then it, I'll start pepping things up. I'll have a Dali mustache. One it might well. adversely affect our sexual relationship. <laughs> I think you'll probably be harder than you've ever been before. And then you'll be questioning With The Groucho yourself. Marx nose, yeah. The Hitler mustache. The Hitler one especially. Well, you better watch out what you do to augment your appearance there, Kate Rambo, because if you travel to Tennessee, they might ban you. I'm the only 10 I see. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. It was a terrible joke. I'm going to ignore it completely. So <laughs> this past week, Tennessee's governor has signed laws banning drag performances in front of children and restricting medical treatment for uh, transgender youth. So that's what I'm saying. If you augment your appearance, you might appear like as if you're a transgender or something. And then they're just going to put you in jail, give you a $2,500 fine. I love the fact that this is, this is what America is worrying about right now. Like, it's a cost of living crisis. Millennials can't afford homes. 
God homeless. knows if the Gen Z will ever be able to, yeah, the fucking homeless will be able to afford homes as well. But like, no, no, Let, let's ban innocent drag shows. School shootings. That's, that's what I find <laughs> the most hypocritical about this is they're just like, you know, they're putting this law into force next month. It's called the drag law that was enacted by Governor Bill Lee. We'll get to him in a second. Uh, Governor Bill Lee, who uh, had an old photo of him from the 70s in full drag, by the way. So <laughs> it's mm-hmm. it's it's kind of hypocritical for him to pass this law, but well, anyway, the drag law bans performances that are harmful to minors by go-go dancers, exotic dancers, strippers, or female impersonators. So if if they perform in any kind of public place or venue that could be viewed by children, they'll be fined twenty five hundred dollars in a year in jail. All children need to see Rocky Horror at least by the age of 10 or under. You've got to see Rocky Horror for the first time. And what's wrong with go-go dancers? Well, this is my theory. If you really care, if you're that concerned about the welfare of your children, why not pass common sense gun laws? Like, why don't you make automatic (laughs) weapons harder to get? Guns aren't the issue, Dave. (laughs) Guns aren't the issue. It's men wearing dresses. That is the issue. (laughs) I myself once wore a dress and... It was mad and ass. Well, that, no that's the funny thing is, is journalists immediately posted the picture of him dressed in full drag. And they're asking, like, is this a bit hypocritical that you're passing this law? And he said, you know, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. A ridiculous, ridiculous question is what that is. But he didn't but, deny the image. He didn't even try to explain it. He goes, conflating something, some fun dress up like that to sexualized entertainment in front of children. That's the serious subject. Why do they think, yes, drug shows are sexy, but why do they think they're like sexy in a way that harms people? That's like the issue. It's like, dude, if you fancy drug queens, then like, don't we all? Like, we all admire them, you prick. But that's the thing, though. It's like, I mean, it's a performance. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's, it's, I don't know what they think a kid's going to look at that and be confused and be like, I'm going to be transgender now or something. (laughs) Is that what they think is going to happen? That is what they think. Like immediately you're going to become gay because you see a a guy doing a performance dressed as a woman. I mean, fucking Shakespeare had men dressed as women. Well, that's because women didn't have rights back then, Dave. But what I'm saying is people saw that on stage, children saw that on stage. Did they immediately become transgendered? I don't know. I wasn't rocking about in Shakespeare's time. I'm sorry. I can't answer that. I just, I just think it's can. absurd. And so, and what exactly the law is going to prohibit is still unclear. So right. they don't know, even know. It's just like, we're just going to ban drag performances. But how? It's is the drag the, act. Are they going to have the drag police that come out? <gasps> oh, this is like turning into a Benny Hill sketch now. Well, you know, you, you read about like uh, they would have drag queens reading to children at libraries and so the proud boys and other right-wing activists like freaked mm-hmm. out about that and tried oh to, like, my god the children are the being read to yeah. we won't allow that education on our watch no i would also like to recant that i don't think we should give babies guns anymore i've been saying for a long time that all babies should have guns but now i think babies should have maces medieval weapons for the babies morning star no, I want medieval. Yeah, I know that's medieval, isn't Morning it? Morning stars no, are maces. awesome. They got the the chain with a metal ball with spikes on it. That's a mace. No, I thought a mace. I thought a mace was like a club. No, a mace is the the exact thing that you just said. It's the round I'm thing up a on a star. on a chain that's attached to a 
a club and you mace people with it. Oh, Morningstar Weapon has like the, it's like a club with a spiky ball on it. Yeah, and so it's a mace. Maybe it's a type of mace or something. I'm sure mace is the traditional British word. Yeah, possibly. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, I guess if a baby can wield that, why not? Well, Cossingham, baby's got those strong arms. Uh, so give the babies maces, and when the Proud Boys walk in, just be like, sick them, boys. <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure the Proud Boys also have maces. But yeah, it's just funny to me that they care Rich. that much, that drag queens are reading books to your kids. Like, well, why is that an watch. issue? You know what they say? They're grooming them. They're sexualizing these young children. Oh, my goodness. And that's what's sexualizing that. the children. And then <laughs> the now, children. well, now they're even passing even uh, like more stricter medical or laws restricting the uh, treatment for transgender youth. So a doctor can't give hormones or surgical treatment to minors at all. So children, teenagers under 18 can receive treatment until April 2024, 20, and then it's done. How is this even an issue, though? There's probably only, like, one kid in Tennessee who's, like, changing genders as we speak. It's not like it's, like, 400 of them. Well, I don't know. There's, like, 14 states that are trying to pass similar laws to to ban drag performances and restrict gender reassignment surgery and treatment. Are they all in the South by any chance? Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's all, like, the Southern (laughs) states, of course. Like, where else? I'm not Um, knocking the South. (laughs) Alabama, Arkansas. But you know what's funny is a lot of these these laws that they've been trying to pass, it's all been paused because it's, you know, immediately there are lawsuits trying to uh, stop the uh, the passage of this this legislation. And so civil rights and LGBT groups have vowed to stop the treatment that's taking effect uh, on July 1st. So, doesn't it break amendment rights as well, like right to free speech and all of that? I think it's a free speech issue with the drag queen performances, like the yeah. restricting access to, to you know, gender reassignment surgery and things like that. That might be a bit different, but definitely mm-hmm. the drag performances. So I have a. Th- this is what I. This is my suggestion here. Okay. This is what I think people should do in uh, in Nashville, um, instead of SantaCon. Do you know SantaCon? Do you know what that is? Is that what they have millions of Santas every year? Yeah, and they run around the streets doing stupid shit, pissing on each other. Oh, I didn't know that was a... I thought it was well, They don't piss thing. on each other, but they you see a bunch of drunk idiot Santas, and it's like a... It's like a uh, is it like a, a college bro thing? Sort of, but they do it in other cities. I know it was really big in San Francisco. I think they do it here in LA as well, but it's kind of like a flash mob thing. Like, the, you know, like... 500 Santas just show up and they take pictures and they do dances and they get drunk and they're just idiots. Anyway, instead of SantaCon, in lieu of SantaCon, I think we should do TrannyCon. So everyone dresses in, in drag, men and women, and you have a massive party right outside the Tennessee governor's mansion in Oak Hill, Tennessee. In the He'll be in there in his dress anyways. <laughs> I just think you should just do it. Just a big flash mob of, uh, of, of people in drag. Just partying. Yeah. What are they going to do? Arrest everybody? Well, the drag police will come with their maces. But we'll <laughs> be ready. Drag police. We'll have our maces. It's just, it's just ridiculous that anyone is exercising mental energy and tax dollars on this. I, I would just, yeah. I, if I lived in Tennessee, I think I'd consider moving. And I always thought Nashville's kind of cool. Yeah, I think Nashville, I know a lot of uh, cool hip people that live in Nashville, but 
yeah, why would you want to live in a state that this is the kind of propaganda that they're going to promote? Well, the cool, hip people that live in Nashville, they should start uh, start up uh, TrannyCon. Oh, yeah. You could do it on the, the day they pass this legislation. Do it right outside the governor's mansion. See what happens. So anyway, this week we're going to discuss another form of recent paranoia on the far right. Um, and it, it's just absurd. It's, it's, it's so absurd, but at the same time, it's not like I... I find it hard to believe. But anyway, there's a lot, there's recent paranoia on the far right that TikTok has a nefarious agenda that's turning your children gay and transgender. So, so TikTok is purposely uh, propagating content and targeting this content to your children um, and basically causing them to uh, question their sexuality. So that's, it's a nefarious agenda. Is it the Chinese that are doing this? Is it Elon Musk? Well, we'll find out. We'll find yeah, out who's behind it. But before we get into all that, uh, let's uh, have a quick chat about the Sigma Patreon. Let's have a serious chat, fireside chat about the Patreon. People, we need your help. For this chat? We do. Yeah, you know, we're we're, we're trying to, uh, you know, put money back into the show and 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 pay for advertising and uh, get you know new merch available and things like that. Also, bring Kate Rambo to this country. <laughs> it's another thing I we're trying to mace. raise funds for. And buy weapons for your children to fight the drag police. So if you're a fan of this show and you listen to us every week, all we ask is sign up for the Patreon. Give us a couple bucks and you get a lot in return. And in fact, $5 a month, you get access to Sick and Wrong's second show. We do a complete hour, at least an hour, sometimes an hour and a half show every week on the Patreon that uh, is a bit more saucy. Than, uh, than the regular show. This week, we actually chat about uh, some recent news in my life. Uh, we had a coworker die at the office this past week, and it was a very strange situation. I don't know how many people have experienced that, but it, it's, it's odd. It's, it's weird when you have a coworker, you know, if you've worked with for years, just suddenly die. So uh, we talk about that. We also talk about my saga, my war with UPS and this eBay seller who never sent me a birthday gift I ordered for my sister. I'm on like full-on warpath with this right now. Yeah, and we also talk about the lynching that happened in Carlisle. Yes, this week. recent lynching. A so real lynching. five bucks a month, you get to listen to that. I know you want to. So $5 a month, support your favorite podcasters here on the Patreon. And for a few bucks more, you get access to uh, Sick and Wrong Overkill, our bonus mini-sode. Uh, Kate Rambo, what'd you do Overkill on this week? Nothing. I'm working on something really big for next week that'll tie in with the movie club. Next movie club is going to be on Point Break. So if you want to sign up, uh, that'll be all like hitting next week. Patrick Swayze. Not next week, the week ever. Patrick oh Swayze God. is sexy. I, Patrick Swayze is super sexy and I respond a lot to him. Like I feel me and him are very similar energy people. Like we would have just been totally f- fun having a drink together. He's very I'd pay passionate. money to be with him. I bet you would. <laughs> I think I might be a Swayze sexual, actually. I only find Patrick Swayze attractive, so getting you a mask. What's your favorite Rambo. Patrick Swayze movie? It's Ghost. Roadhouse. Oh, is it Roadhouse? I thought you would have said Ghost. I like Ghost. I thought, you know, there could have been more nudity, but yeah. I think I prefer more ghost Roadhouse. nudity. Yeah, more ghost nudity. 
Um, also, for $10 a month, you get access to the, to the Sick and Wrong archives, the first 10 years, the Wackerly Harrison years of Sick and Wrong on SoundCloud Playlist. So check it out, patreon.com slash sickandwrong. Support the show. Keep it sick and wrong. We do appreciate it. So first, let me play this quick Patreon promo, and then let's talk about uh, TikTok's gay agenda. Hi, guys. Stuart here. I'm just calling in to get this off my chest. All you listeners out there, why are you not signing up for the Patreon? Seriously, these two fine people do the show next to having a regular job, and you don't feel the need to support them. So sign up to the Patreon today. You're not helping a Jew through college, but through his midlife crisis. And Kate is packing her shit to live in California. Both of these things are not cheap. They give so much and ask for so little. So do it now and keep the show going. D and Kate, you're doing a great job. Love you guys. Stuart out. D, I don't know. Are you going to say it? Am I going to say it? Are we going to do our best impression of a Reverend Lovejoy's wife? Should we have a Reverend Reverend Lovejoy's Helen Helen Lovejoy? Should we have a Helen Lovejoy off? You go for it. Okay, I'll go. Are you going to do yours as well after I do mine? All right, I'll try. I'll try. Okay. Would somebody please think of the children? I'm not going to be able to do it that good. Oh, what? You're such a funny. You're funny uh, out. I mean, I can try, but I don't think I'm going to be... Won't somebody please think of the children? Reverend, Reverend Lovejoy would be upset with you. <laughs> but anyways, we, we all know that it's a cliched phrase. It's now evolved into a rhetoric tactic. It's first, actually, it was first quoted, actually, by the tough but fair Mary Poppins uh, back in 1964. Now, I know you can do a Dick Van Dyke impression. From Mary oh, Poppins, because that's that what one. your British accent sounds like. Oh, I beg to differ. I think my British accent sounds like a legitimate British accent. Say chim chimney, chim chimney, chim chimney, chiru in a Camden accent. Chim chimney, chim chimero. Quit wheezing the juice. <laughs> you sound exactly like Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> Please don't die, Dick Van Dyke. We love you, by the way. But is anyone actually thinking of their children on TikTok. Oh, why the fuck that all of this has been all over my Twitter feed for weeks now? Well, they're certainly thinking about the children in Tennessee banning those satanic drag queens. That's the thing. If a child takes one look, even a, like a two-second glance at a drag queen, gay. Instantly gay. Ha- forever. Yeah. That's what happened That's to me the works. first time I saw Rocky Horror. That's how it works. Certain, certain Americans are uh, losing their mind that trans TikTok videos are feeling a trans pandemic amongst the kids who might not be all right in America. Wait, a transdemic? A transdemic. <laughs> We're renaming it here on the show. On January the 16th, 2022, a documentary uh, called A Call is Coming From Inside the House dropped on YouTube, and it dives into the recent explosion of trans identification amongst the youth, and it kind of compares it to the mass hysteria of the past, such as the dancing plague or the Salem witch trials, and it 100% blames social media and TikTok in general. So the actual title of it is The Call is Coming From Inside the House, The Great Awakening. It's trash. I honestly tried to watch more than 10 minutes of it, and I couldn't do it. Well, the the part that I... I mean, it's on... You just do a search for it. You'll find it on YouTube. I think it's on... I, I was watching it on Vimeo. But there's a, a section on it where it goes into all this footage um, that's been posted on social media that promotes uh, trans surgery. 
And so yeah. a lot of it's kind of graphic. So in one part of it, there's this young trans identified woman who uh, shows her recently removed uh, breasts. She had breast amputation surgery and she was calling it divest the chest, arrest the breast, get ready that titty. <laughs> there's like all these ready. terms they use. Ready for those who don't know in Scotland means like embarrassed. Like, oh, what a ready. We would say wow. shan in Carlisle. What a pure shan. She's ready. probably embarrassed by those titties. She's um, like, yeah, the, the titties are ready. <laughs> what's, what is also kind of interesting about this video is there's surgeons in it that are that were talking to teens saying that you can personalize your nipples if you want to. So they will completely remove your nipple and your breast or they'll shape your nipple into a Christmas tree or a Star oh of gosh. David or whatever other shape that you ask for. Just amazing. Could you imagine meeting someone with uh, with like Jewish star titties? You know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking of, you know, when Prince turned into the logo and he was known as the logo. That The sign, yeah. That would be very difficult to uh, that would shape be, your, I mean, your I nipple into it. that. Or I would have the heartogram and I'd be like CKY slash him era uh, representing. They would be my two. I'd get a pentagram upside down. Metal. Metal titties. Yeah, but what would you do with the other one? A cat's I don't know. head. Finger the middle. Um, <laughs> so teens are informed by these influencers on TikTok that uh, these surgeries are customizable and that they can choose to keep or dispose of any body part that they desire. So there's all these different configurations of genitalia that they could do. One of them is called nullification, which involves a male who does not want to identify with his genitalia at all. So he gets it completely amputated, just leaving only smooth skin, like a Ken doll. Yeah, right. <laughs> and they claim that this surgery is available to boys as young as 17 who just don't want any genitalia. Who is buying this? <laughs> Come on. But then did you see the images? We'll post this on uh, the, uh, the, the Sigma page. But the images of phalloplasty. Yeah, because uh, this has been a big thing that's been all, all over my Twitter uh, is that the, it's now like I think what famous the fellow plastic picture? Or that photo of that that person's arm? Yeah, and people are saying this is this is like what Hitler did in World War Two. It's like they were like chucking people into hot and cold water and like stitching twins together. This is a this is a skin graft, you fucking idiots. Well, there's a idiots. horrifying picture though of like someone's someone's arm like missing all this flesh kind of by the wrist. You see like a tattoo going there. And I guess they, what they do is they construct a phallus for trans-identified females by removing a chunk of flesh from the forearm, rolling it up and attaching it to the groin. And I guess, I mean, there's a lot of complications and it costs a lot of money to do this. And I don't oh, think yeah. it ever fully works. I don't think it functions like a real penis. Looks I like think the it, science though. gets better every day. Yeah. Well, so they draw this analogy... Uh, on this film, they do it to like, you know, they draw the analogy to like, you know, the mass hysteria, of like the satanic panic and the witch trials also. But they also say the analogy that they that they feel with transgender surgery, it's like the lobotomy craze of the 1950s. So like where a lot of patients went and did this, but they were permanently harmed by the time it petered out. So they feel like this transgender surgery right now is a trend because it's being promoted by TikTok influencers. But, you know, it'll peter out and then people are going to regret having done this. Uh, a few years back, people might remember this. And I actually remember it because one of it happened when I was about 15 as well. There was a 
controversy of kids and they suddenly all came down with like Tourette's like ticks. This was big in 2020. It's common and it happens periodically. Like I think the one that happened for me was like a cheerleader in like South Carolina and then everyone in her school started ticking. It was well, like you, on, on a Channel 4 documentary, people will remember. Well, when you say ticking, like I thought Tourette's like you just utter swear words and other unintelligible no, no, things. Tourette's is a tick as well. You have like visual and So people were like twitching, ticks. like they're ticking their, their mouth, like yeah, twitching their, their even, shoulders. Even if you're, you sit there and I don't know, you tick the word fuck, shit, fuck. That's a, that's a vocal tick. Okay, so that's what you mean by tick. Because I've I've seen with Tourette's patients, sometimes they do this thing with their mouth. Yeah, they, that's they a tick their, as well. Yeah, so like a physical it, um, tick versus a vocal tick. So it is a visual thing, and if you watch someone tick often enough, often enough, like say in a TikTok video, your brain will actually start to mimic the ticks, and this is what's called functional ticks, and it's a functional neurological disorder. So the brain imitates what it sees. And this is actually used as an escape mechanism and not because the person actually has fully blown Tourette's. So it does happen. It's a phenomena. It's more common in teenage girls because teenage girls are more likely to suffer from anxiety or depression or it's just better documented in teenage girls than it is in teenage boys. It's even coined the term social media induced illness <laughs> to distinguish those that tick for real and those that only tick for the talk. I I would be pretty upset though if I was a real Tourette's you know if I actually had Tourette's syndrome right. and there's people trying to like emulate me it's just like dude you don't want to do this fuck shit fuck yeah no I think uh, what the issue is is that they're not necessarily wanting to emulate it but subconsciously it's an escape it's kind of like the beginnings of anorexia always happens to be like this is an escape from like my shitty life and then before you know it it's gone full blown. Yeah. It's mainly kids on TikTok too, which is why I feel icky whenever I'm on TikTok. I just feel a bit like, I feel a bit like Patrick Swayze and Donnie Darko. Let's put it like that. The stats are, it's 25% of users are aged 10 to 19. 22.4% of users are 20 to 29. 30 to 29 is 21.7%. And 40 to 49 is 20.3%. Well, I'm glad I fit in the 20.3%. So what if uh, over 50, you're just not allowed to use TikTok anymore? They they don't even document them. You get like a warning. (laughs) It's just like, you must delete the app now, you old piece of shit. Yeah. Nonce alert. Nonce alert. (laughs) TikTok has around 80 million monthly active users in just the US alone, with roughly 60% of the users being female and 67% of them saying that that's the only social media that they use. All the other social medias, especially things like Facebook, the kids don't give a shit about anymore. And good riddance to Facebook. Yeah, fuck Facebook. And Instagram. Fuck you, Instagram. (laughs) You're still on that screen, are you? I haven't, yeah. No, I'm, I'm still feeling the burn they gave me forever you jews just never forget do you i hold a grudge i do and now campaigners are accusing the video sharing and creating app of helping children to be brainwashed into thinking that changing sex is cool man using statistics such as the fact that the hashtag trans has been seen more than 26 billion times okay rambo i don't know if i told you this but i'm using demon pronouns now a demon d no, a demon pronoun. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not a he or she or they. I'm a demon. And I I'm identify demon. with my D 
demon self. So thank you for respecting my pronouns. Here, let me. You just uh, named yourself after a Dunzig song. No, it, it, there's a there's this thing I was looking at when I was doing research for this. There's a whole thing called neo pronouns. Have you heard of this? Is this a, like where you can basically be anything? It's like I identify as a wolf. Wolf. Yeah. So there's non-binary pronouns, which most people know, like uh, you know, he, she, they, them. Uh, the non-binary pronouns are the they, them, but those right. have become widespread. You know, and the, you know, there's a, a research study They've in 2019. Boring. Well, a research study in 2019 said that one in five Americans know someone who uses non-binary pronouns. Do you know anyone, like, at your work or anything? Um, not on my work, but to be honest, I don't, like, who cares? Just don't be an asshole. It's not like I walk up to people and go, hey, I'm Kate and I'm fucking fabulous. That's my pronoun, well, fucking fabulous. I walk up to people now and say, hi, my name's Dee, and I use demon, demon. pronouns. <laughs> and so these are neo pronouns. So there's the non-binary ones everyone knows about, but now there's neo pronouns. And a neo right. pronoun can be a word created to serve as a pronoun without expressing gender, like Z E or Z I R, Z or Zer. This is but, getting too too close to like hummusy sounding foods. Well, isn't it? that's why you can use noun self pronouns that oh can refer gosh. to animals. So you can be a bun. A bun self, a kitten, or a kitten self, or no. you can even have fantasy characters. A vamp, vamp self, a princess, princess self, fae, or a fae self, or much like I'm, I'm doing now, demon, demon self. So here's a, here's a little video of these two other demons who I identify with as demons because we're both demons. Um, but these two demons here are explaining what, what uh, the, 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 uh, the, the demon pronoun. Hi, my name's Jasper. I use they at pronouns. Hi, my name's Liana. I use they demon pronouns. So we're going to basically present three sentences. Um, one of them is going to have one pronoun, the other one's going to have the other pronoun, and then the last one is going to have both pronouns interchanged. So Liana uses they, them pronouns and demon pronouns. So the first sentence would be, Liana is my partner, they are cute, and I am theirs. I love them very much, and I hope they love themselves too. See, you love them themselves. Did she can't say Keanu? No, Leona. Like Keanu Reeves. No, I think Aww. Leona is her demon partner. <laughs> and so that's the they, them, their non-binary pronouns. But here's the demon pronouns. For the that's demon terrible. pronouns, it would be Leona is my partner, Deem is cute, and I belong to Deem. I love Demon very much, and I hope Deem loves Demon self too. Then interchanging the two would be Liana is my partner, they are cute, and I am Deems. I love Demon very much, and I hope they love Demon self too. I agree. I am Demon too. I'm a <laughs> <But> Demon. <laughs> it's it's getting very complicated though with uh, with the demons here. So you can just name yourself after anything theoretically, and you could be like, I am a lamp. I love lamp. I hope you love lamp too. You could love your lamp self. And that you can be anything now. Is that the, don't dream it be Harrison it. identified with his flashlight. I don't know if you knew that. But oh, his flashlight self. <laughs> 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 no, I don't know if you can do like an inanimate object, but I think you can do another living creature. Although they're saying that uh, you can identify with common slang like in it. In its or in itself, so you could be an in itself. Uh, right. 
Americans can't do that with the British slang. You can't take our slang because you guys all sound stupid when you say it. Well, the Brits can swear. A recent survey but- of pronoun use among 40,000 LGBTQ young people um, that was conducted said that one quarter of them use non-binary pronouns like they, them. But 4% are using <laughs> neo-pronouns like demon or fey, often in combination with other pronouns. So it's and catching on. Uh, no, it's not. 4%. It's I, bet the rest, <laughs> I bet the rest of them are like, there's the weirdos who ruin it for us. There they are in the corner. I am Demon Kate Rambo, and I love my demon self. <laughs> I love that Danzig song. <laughs> He's a demon sexual, too. He is demon. Yes. He's the daddy of the demons. Mm-hmm. Maybe the transgender got pushed to the forefront of TikTok because recently, only this year, in January, they entered into a partnership with Stonewall, which is named after the famous riots that occurred in New York in 1969. The company Stonewall was founded in 1989 in protest against Section 28, which was the Thatcher government's attempt to ban the uh, promotion of homosexuality. Stonewall has helped secure historic changes in the law from equalizing the age of consent to adoption rights for gay parents but its decision to campaign for trans rights since around 2015, this has like just spurned tons of controversy. You know, I used to think Thatcher looked like a man dressed in drag. She does. She really the does. Lady. She's not attractive. I wish she had been bombed. Well, when she bombed, I wish she had been bombed. She took my milk away. That was the beginning of it, D. I'll never be complete. The horrible lady. Bitch. Since 2015, it's uh, it's actually advocated for trans people to be accepted as who they say they are, popularizing the mantra, trans women are women, trans men are men, and non-binary people are valid. All good points. It has argued for easier legal recognition, access to chosen single-sex services and spaces, and the prescription of puberty blockers, uh, drugs, to trans-identifying teenagers. Gender critical thinkers who maintain that biological sex cannot change. They fiercely are obviously against all of this. To say so isn't really hateful, they argue. They're uh, challenging Stonewall's insistence that to deny a trans person identity is transphobic. The debate over what can and can't be said has spilled over into workplaces, universities and the courts. And this is what we were just getting into with like demon pronouns and all of that. You know, it's a major issue of my work because you know there's a couple of trans people who work there and you're supposed to use the correct pronoun when referring to them like they can go to hr and you'll have to take oh, like yeah. a whole course on pronouns and um you know what's interesting is there's a guy who i had worked with before the pandemic he was like a engineer i forget what kind of engineer he was but he was an engineer kind of a, a heavy set guy not a full-on sob buster but he was definitely a large dude with like a beard and, you know, just like a big fat guy with a beard. Anyway, after the pandemic, he tra- or during the pandemic, he transitioned. And so now we're all coming back to the office and he showed up in the office like a couple of weeks ago, full on like high heels and a dress. And he kind of like- shaves his beard. I mean, it's definitely not a big thick beard, but there's stubble. It's like David Jacovny in Twin Peaks. Yeah, but fat i got to say, David Jacovny in Twin Peaks is very attractive. I think, was he called Brenda, his name? I don't care. I'm a Swayze sexual. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, different guy. <laughs> I would take Jeff Goldblum over him any days. But it is funny because now we have to refer to him as, or her. her. You dead name, Dean. Yeah, I, d- I know bad. I did. 
And Naughty. her, she changed her name as well. And so we have to use the real name, the new name, and we have to refer to refer to her as her. Yeah. So, but it's it's weird, and I know like uh, no one talks about it. it. Definitely, no one jokes about it. But it's hard not to kind of get a little giggly when you see her trying to stumble down the hallway. Yeah, I was going to say, nobody talks about it in your workplace because you could end up going to HR. Do you know what would happen in my workplace? Oh, God, I could imagine with the the Oh, the jokes. You would have to put up with the banter. Like, you just, it would be good-hearted banter. I do actually work with somebody who's fully transitioned and had you never not known, you would never not know. Male to female or female to male? Female Female to male. male. Like has the most I, magnificent beard. I do kind of think that that usually passes a lot more effectively than yeah. You know, I mean, sometimes like you see like a an, an Asian person who's uh, who's trans, and you can't you really can't tell because I think their body is is shaped for that. But this guy, he must be like two hundred fifty pounds, like six foot two, and now when he wears high heels, he towers. He's like six foot five. While we're just on this subject of. Uh... Of men being women in the workplace, can we just give a shout out to the movie Tootsie? Thank you. He yeah, won an like Oscar the, for that day. It's one of the first trans movies, isn't it? He won a yeah. fucking Oscar for it. I wish also Patrick Kurt Swayze was, was in it, but it's a good movie. I wish Patrick Swayze was in every film, anyways. Uh, in a recent podcast series, presenter Stephen Nolan accused Whitehall, Ofcom, and the BBC of too readily accepting Stonewall's very strict worldview. The charity has too much influence, he argued, through its Workplace Equality Index, which scores organizations on um, LGBT plus inclusion, as well as advocating inclusive language like what we're talking about, such as swapping mother for parent in family leave policies. The charity's advice that employers should replace the term mother with parent who has given birth set columnists and social media ablaze with anger. Critics claim Stonewall's worldview, they've now pushed too far. They've gone too, you know, you've pushed too far, too fast, people, with swathes of organizations pulling out of working with them. It's a WE1 and Associated Diversity Champions program. People ain't work with them no more. In the past 12 months, Ofcom, Channel 4, Ofsted, the Cabinet Office, the BBC, the Ministry of Justice and the Crown Prosecution Service, and even the UK's, UK's Equality Watchdog, the Equality and the Human Rights Commission, the EHRC, have all waved goodbye to Stonewall and their steadfast, nearly extremist organisation. They're like too woke Ooh. for the, even the woke. Like they're just beyond yes. woke. They're the next level of woke. Britain is saying, fuck off with this. We don't need this shit. We've got more fucking crap to deal with. The main reason for this politics aside is that Stonewall push a very, very heavy LGBT agenda, which actually makes it incompatible with upholding the Equality Act in relation to the freedom of belief. We're all meant to be equals here. No one's meant to be more important or less important than someone else. Stonewall's co-founder, I will say his name wrong, Simon Fanshaw? Fanshari? Let's go for Fanshaw. Who now actually disassociates himself from the organization said, its views no longer chime with what ordinary employees think. And I think for CEOs, being linked to its, it now is brand damaging. What Stonewall preaches is ideological blackmail. It's secretarianism. It's saying, agree with us or you're a heretic. 
it's with real sadness that I say these things because they've squandered their credibility and they've weaponized what should essentially be kindness to others. Right on, Simon. I'm sorry I've said your name wrong. And now TikTok is in cahoots with this organization. And that is being sh- that's being shunned by a lot of these major corporations in the UK. I do find Kate- that curious, though, that TikTok would align itself with Stonewall, especially being TikTok's owned by China. But and- TikTok censors itself depending on the country you're in. I guess that's true. I just find it weird because China doesn't have the best track record of Say you China know, LGBTQ properly. rights and trans rights. So I'm surprised that they would try to align themselves with this like radically woke organization. Yeah, this radically woke organization that has zero money and is failing very fast. Yeah. It's like, this is like their last grasp. Kate Harris of the LGB Alliance, which opposes Stonewall's policies on transgender issues said, our major concern is that millions of impressionable children are watching these online influencers. You know, I had to look up the LGB Alliance because it's a British advocacy group. They don't have that oh, here. But so it was founded in 2019 in the UK in opposition to Stonewall um, on, uh, on transgender issues. And so its founders, uh, four women here, uh, said that lesbians are facing extinction because of the disproportionate focus on transgender identities in schools. So I'm wondering if they are TERFs, if this, this group here is a TERF group. And TERF is an acronym for Trans Exclusionary Radical Feminists. Because a lot of like hardcore lesbians hate trans people and don't even well, they, think they're real ro- women or past Yeah, there's women. a lot of agenda saying that cis women hate trans women too and that they're like, they'll never be real women because they can't have a period. That's not my view. Anybody who wants to fucking be an ally of a woman to me is a woman. I don't get this well, at all. I just find it odd that a marginalized group would, you know, Kick someone disparage else. Disparage another marginalized group. Like, I always thought they, you know, the LGBTQ community was very inclusive, but yet there's, a, there's sections within, the, the, within this community that obviously don't like other portions of their community. But the LGB Alliance describes its objective as asserting the right of lesbians, bisexuals, and gay men to define themselves as same-sex attracted. And they state that such a right is threatened by attempts to introduce confusion between biological sex and the notion of gender. So it's the toughs. It, it's interesting that this group, this LGB alliance, has a, has a very similar viewpoint to a lot of these like far right groups that are also yeah. against, uh, you know, or transphobic and against uh, you know, gender equality. So it, it is odd. Anyway, they've opposed a ban on conversion therapy for trans people in the UK. Um, gender affirming care, including puberty blockers for children. And gender rec- recognition reform. So they're against it. They are against gender reassignment surgery and, and kids looking into, uh, you, you know, transitioning. So they yeah, must like be. Tennessee. They must have an issue with uh, TikTok. Kate said it's not me. The other Kate said it's no coincidence that the growth of TikTok coincides exactly with the exponential growth of children presenting yep. with gender dysmorphia. Kate Harris described some of the videos as deeply frightening, adding that the message is so often, don't involve your parents. What these videos would lead a generation of children to believe is that it's easy to change sex and that it's the answer to all of your problems. 
TikTok is also playing to its audience as well. It's creating filters like the blue and red filter where users can transform their face into a stereotypical male, that's the blue, or a female, red. They have songs such as Girl in Red's We Fell in Love in October, which is shorthand for lesbians and women loving women. They have fashion trends such as cuffed pants. I feel like such an old lady now. I'm like, and they have fashion trends <laughs> such as cuffed pants and sleeves. And that signals bisexuality, even emojis. And this is actually one of my favorite emojis. You know, the painted nail, the sassy nails. Yeah, Whenever I, like I say one. something sassy, I always do the nails. Yeah, uh, that's, you know, to signal that you're gay as the day is long. They have dance moves, uh, the limp wrist great band motion in doja cats kiss me more they're all effectively queer signaling it's a way of identifying yourself and connecting with like-minded people it's what we all want to do queer signaling it's as old as time just ask george michael i actually covered his life story on the patreon not too long ago it's just that tiktok is the new version of simply asking are you a friend of dorothy hmm, you don't have to do any of that so, secrecy so they have these signs and these codes that I imagine like younger generations are more privy to. Whereas like yeah, old, I, old 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 Jewish men like me just I don't know. The kids are having fun. They're dancing <laughs> around, you know, with their horsey horse filters. Oh, let them have you know, let them have fun. What might be my generation's version of this is we had shag bands. I was a little too young to ever use shag bands for what they were meant to be used for. For me, they were just like a goth fashion accessory. But do you remember like when oh. I was 15? So we're talking year 2000. Everyone wore all those rubber bracelets and you would have millions of different colors. Yeah, I thought you said shag vans. I was like, aren't you a little young to get in the back of a shag van? I mean, <laughs> No, I was 15, mate. I was living life. Um, <laughs> no, what are those called? Bands. Those jelly bracelets. What are those called? Shag bands. Uh, we call them something else here, but yeah, yeah I you do remember them, that. We called them, sh yeah, shag bands. And so if you were a little older and in a club and you would have different colors, the different colors all represented stuff. So if you, I don't know, you had a brown one on, that probably meant I did anal. And if a guy comes up and breaks that shag band, it means you're going to go and have anal with him tonight. I don't know how much of that is urban myth, but that's always what I heard that, that I used to read it in like 17 magazine where all the colors, well, obviously 17 magazine would never say it's anal. But that was my generation's version of queer signaling. It's kind of like uh, the hanky code that they use at the leather yes, bars. You know, like yeah, you yeah. get the brown hanky in the right back pocket, you're into fisting. Or which ear you have pierced. Depends what you like. Yeah, I, I remember at the time, because when I was in high school, early 90s Michigan, that actually was still relevant. But I couldn't remember which ear was the oh, gay the ear. ear. Like I, I couldn't remember which, so I just pierced them both. That's fair. Like, fuck it. <laughs> Does that not mean you're bisexual when they're both pierced, though? I don't know. I was just like, I don't I, Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> One of the other unique parts about TikTok is that it's a social media app that doesn't necessarily connect you with people that you know in real life. So, you know, Facebook and Instagram, you, you're you going to meet people that you kind of know on there. But on TikTok, you can go massively viral without your friends and family having any idea about what you get up to on there. And this could allow you to speak more freely than you might otherwise. The other important part, which everyone talks about when they go, oh my God, TikTok heard what I said, is its algorithm, which is legendary good and legendary quick at figuring out what you like and what you want to watch, sometimes even before you know what you want to see it yourself. I wouldn't say that algorithm particularly is particularly amenable to sick and wrong posts. It's so rare that I get over like 500 on a post on TikTok, whereas Instagram... Back before I was shadow banned, 
You get thousands <laughs> Guys. of Guys, we're on TikTok, add us. Um, maybe we'll be queer signaling on TikTok very soon. This isn't actually to say that all of TikTok is a gay and happy place. It regularly censors its content for other countries and people will use the app to seek out other users and harass them and the messages and those who identify as queer. Although they do stamp down pretty hard on those that do that. So some of you might remember and have heard Libs of TikTok, which is a very far-right anti-LGBT Twitter account, and it was created in April of 21 as a backlash to what they considered the brainwashing of the children. As an aside, Joe Rogan is a huge fan of uh, Libs of TikTok, as is Donald Trump and Tucker Carlson. Not surprised. The account's creator... She endeavoured to stay anonymous, appearing in newspaper and television interviews under the condition that she would remain anonymous. However, in April of 2022, details began to surface about her identity. Software developer Travis Brown researched the history of the Libs uh, TikTok account and he named Chaya Raichik. I'm saying that wrong. It's a very Jewish name. How would you say? Is that right? Chaya Raichik. She does. She identifies as being Orthodox Jew. Oh, is she? Wow. I don't fucking think she is. I think she's doing that as a little dig. Maybe. She's a former Brooklyn real estate agent turned full-time internet troll, and she has built up a significant following online through her targeted harassment of LGBTQ plus people sorry, and ch- children's hospitals. This woman cannot stand a children's hospital. She mostly respots videos, photos, and screenshots designed to stir the ire of her followers, touching upon everything from COVID to conspiracy theories about child sex trafficking rings. Yet the vast majority of her output now concerns their LGBTQ plus community, calling out teachers for sharing their pronouns with students and hospitals that apparently offer gender-affirming care to adolescents. What a She's hater. She's a piece of work. Yeah, what a hater. So in June of 2022, the libs of TikTok had some of their tweets removed because they started posting locations of drag shows in the United States. So one location in San Lorenzo, California, was stormed by the Proud Boys because they're encouraging these militant groups and far-right extremists to go and uh, disrupt these events. Uh, Pride events in Dallas were also targeted, and uh, after the Lib Talks or the Libs of TikTok posted about them, with 31 Patriot Front members armed, showing up at this destination for a drag performance, armed, and like wow. with flak jackets and shit like that, which is insane. Um, June 30th in Woodland, California, a Proud Boys group tried to break into a bar that was going to host a drag event, and they just stood outside you know, hurling anti-LGBT insults. And then days before, they noticed that Libs of TikTok made a tweet about the upcoming event, encouraging people to harass them. Um, late October, Raichik drew her uh, father's attention to a drag brunch that was being planned to benefit a local LGBT resource center in Sanford, North Carolina. Sure enough, 16 masked members of Proud Boys showed up to protest the event, calling them groomers, and holding signs saying it's state-sponsored pedophilia. And Reichick herself claimed that one of the performers booked for the brunch was a drag queen inspired by Satan. Nice. And a, and a satanic, she's a satanic drag queen. Although the individual she mentioned in her post was not even invited to perform at the brunch. So they're Aww. spreading this misinformation and spreading a hatred. And divisiveness among, yeah, among society. So it's like, it doesn't surprise me that you have some dickhead governor like 
like Bill Lee passing this anti-drag legislation when you have assholes on the internet influencing people to, to hate drag queens. So we're going to talk about why she hates hospitals, especially children's hospitals so much. In August of 2022, uh, Libs of TikTok made about 13 tweets centered around the Boston Children's Hospital and their apparent gender-affirming care, falsely claiming that they were providing gender-affirming hysterectomies to minors. One of these tweets contained a reposted video in which one of the hospital's gynecologists discussed a gender-affirming hysterectomy, and libs of TikTok captioned it as Boston's Children's Hospital is now offering gender-affirming hysterectomies for young girls. This resulted in the hospital, its employees and providers all receiving death threats, threats of violence and other harassment via email, phone and on the internet. And at the end of the day, this is still a working hospital. You know, there are kids in there dying of fucking cancer and this is what they have to deal with. Yeah, they get homophobic terrorists, calling them with death threats. Right. It escalated because on August the 30th, the hospital received an anonymous bomb threat by phone, which forced the hospital into a temporary lockdown. On September the 2nd, it again received another bomb threat. The feds caught the perp. It's a Catherine Levy of Westfield, Massachusetts. She's a frequent donor to Donald Trump and the Republican Party, and she's currently awaiting trial, and she's looking at a five-year sentence. After the announcement, Libs of TikTok tweeted, This is great news. Threats of violence should always be taken seriously. Before the announcement, though, Libs of TikTok predicted that the bomb threats probably came from a left-wing troll. It was Antifa. <laughs> yeah. But they always and say. just to put this out clearly, the hospital does not perform gender reassignments on children, only on those who are adults age 18 and above. In September, they were again calling out another children's hospital, the Akron Children's Hospital in Ohio, for apparently providing gender-affirming care. In response to the threats, Ohio representative Casey Weinstein, good guy, said, Imagine going on Twitter to malign, attack, and harass a children's hospital while hiding behind an anonymous account and being proud of it. Yeah, uh, clap back to you, Casey. That's a good response. No, it's it's it's, it's psychopathic. It's, it's insane that right. someone... Uh would do this and just it but the, but the fact of the matter is that, that they do it anonymously just kind of shows you who these people are exactly this is also just two of the many hospitals that they have been threatening and threatening the safety of children they're pretending to care about children whereas they're like literally going for children's hospitals she also hates teachers too and many have been at the center of her smear campaign but what exactly are they so afraid of like what is it? I think they're afraid of uh, our testosterone levels dropping. <laughs> <laughs> that is something that the alt-right fears and, and, you know, and has all this misinformation online, that the testosterone levels of the average U.S. male is dropping, and it's because of sites like TikTok. It's because people are becoming, I, you know, transitioning into other genders, and people are using pronouns other than he or she. It's because our testosterone levels are dropping. Now, what's interesting about this, though, is that most men do experience a decline in testosterone levels from around the age of 30. And until recently, most people thought of having low testosterone as part of a kind of a male menopause, which was an issue right. for older men with uh, waning libidos. I don't suffer from this, just for the record. Um, yes, I would <laughs> Maybe I do. I don't know. I never really thought about checking my T levels. I think the fact that you refer to it as a T-level, and then you purposely go and check your T-level, I think you might have an issue. I think it might be psychosomatic. 
in my yeah. opinion. Anyway, this new politicized understanding of testosterone isn't about aging. And so I've, I've watched this video called The Truth About Soy Boys by this oh total gosh. British douchebag named jo uh, Paul Joseph Watson. You ever heard of this guy? I have heard of him, yes. He's a member of some group called U UKIP. UKIP. Yeah. UKIP. <laughs> yeah. What a cunt. I would, I'd like to rename his organization You Cunt because this guy is a total cunt. But that would he be a good name for them. Yeah. In his video, he demonstrates that many of the political correct left wingers that he despises are also committed vegans. And he argues that foods like soy milk and tofu contain estrogen. And the estrogen is what's lowering the testosterone, basically making vegans feminine and more liberal. Here's how he puts it. Wow. my shark right now <laughs> and as we know the only men who seriously watch buzzfeed are tofu eating male feminist virtue signaling beta orbiter soy boys which led me to this one of the funniest things on twitter ever this guy's compiled a huge list of the most virulently insufferable far leftists on twitter and guess what they all consume soy products in copious quantities soy, soy boys that's what that's what happens you keep eating that soy keep eating tofu I'd be more worried about, like, I don't know, the, the corn syrup and the palm oil and all the other E-numbers that are carcinogenic and all the amazing, delicious American foods. You know, that might be more dangerous <laughs> to you guys than eating some tofu. <laughs> yeah, and, that, and that's the thing, too. I don't think he quite understands the way hormones work, but we'll get into that in a minute. But oh. during the campaign, this became such an issue. So during that campaign uh, against uh, uh, Hillary, Trump had his testosterone levels revealed during a special episode of the Dr. Oz talk show, oh which is a presidential gosh. first. I don't think any president has ever had their <laughs> T levels tested and publicly announced, but the audience was whooping and cheering as Oz confirmed that Trump's T score of 441 is actually pretty good. He's a man, that Trump. Is he? But to be honest, the, the average levels of testosterone in the, in the main population have been going down considerably. And there's been science, scientific studies that have proven this. So men who were 50 in 1988 had higher testosterone concentrations than comparable 50-year-old men in 1996. So they the feel, and the research has proven, that levels could be dropping by as much as 1% a year. Now... Um, I read a I read about a, a study that a, a, a scientist at Barnard College at Columbia University, uh, Rebecca M. Jordan Young, uh, she wrote a book called Testosterone, an unauthorized biography. And uh, she says that most of this wisdom about testosterone and testosterone levels dropping is complete and utter nonsense. The yeah. idea of low T has been pushed, but low T in and of itself is not really a problem. Like you can have low T, and you, you could be fine. Like the average man has so much testosterone than, that, than, than is needed for, actually, for sexual functioning. So in placebo-controlled randomized trials, when they start with healthy people who have no, no complaints, most trials find no difference in any aspect of mood or cognition or behavior with massively high levels of testosterone or lower levels. So it's, it's, it's a non-issue that they're exploiting. Um, and hormones are extremely complex. Human, human body hormones. So the idea that ingesting more estrogen from soy means you have less testosterone is a complete misunderstanding of how hormones actually work. 
in in a gross oversimplification. But what has been proven is increasing your level of uh, testosterone can be harmful because it converts into estrogen. So if you're getting too much testosterone, it converts into estrogen, which means that people who routinely inject extra testosterone into their body, men, usually end up growing breasts. I'm thinking of all the wrestlers who, if it was just so easy, they would just like, what, eat a fucking ton of um, tofu, wouldn't they? Well, I just want to see all these uh, these proud boys and these people who are so concerned about the low level of testosterone in our society who are injecting all this testosterone and start growing breasts. And so oh, we can have proud fun. boy bras, like the proud boy <laughs> brassiere that comes out because they're all going to have tits. That's what I want to see. And then they can truly be proud to fill out yeah. a B cup. <laughs> I'm proud of my B cups. <laughs> so we're going to get into some more stats here. According to the Thompson Innovation Group, just 48% of Americans aged 13 to 20 identified as exclusively heterosexual compared to 65% of those aged 21 to 34. A 2017 study showed that young people are more likely to have a less binary view of sexuality. Because, you know, there's Gen Z celebrities like Lily Rose Depp and Jaden Smith. They've spoken about the freedom of not having traditional labels. Gender and sexuality scholar Philip Hammock, he surveyed more than 300 queer Californian teens, 71% of whom identified as queer, pansexual or bisexual, as opposed to gay or lesbian, while a quarter identified as non-binary. Fluidity, for so many people, it kind of offers something that the old labels never did. But this idea of labeling sexuality is nothing new. It's as old as time. In classical Greek culture, homosexuality was not the object of moral concern. Sexual activity was an object of concern among philosophers when this activity was excessive and it resulted in harm. Thus, they concluded that these excesses should be avoided. Just, you know, it's okay to be gay. Just don't screw all fucking day. Get it, you know, go and plow the fields. Have fun, but, you know, work hard, play hard. I'm sure the Romans felt that way. We're going to, he's here, he's back. This is Daddy Foku, who basically invented the term gender fluid. He said that sexuality must be understood as a bourgeoisie invention that ensures dominance. Even today, its purpose is to maintain power. We think of sexuality as our essence, as the thing that makes us what we are, when in fact, it's just a social construct that makes us easier to control. He's a, you know, he's a little bit far with it, but I love Foku. In modern Western society, we experience a great deal of pressure to share and interpret our sexual impulses. Every desire, no matter how fleeting, must be catalogued and must be made to fit into an overarching sense of who we are. Well, it's part of our identity, and I think especially now, like they have yeah, so much emphasis so on identifying as a particular, yeah, exactly, as a particular gender, your sexuality. It's part of your identity, and they want people to know. Foku, who, by the way, was as gay as the day is long, and he identified as gay, knew that knowledge can never be really separated from power. Sometimes knowledge can be empowering, but then the knowledge can also be wielded against you, often with very concrete and painful results. Thinking and talking endlessly about our sexualities, it doesn't really get us any closer to figuring out whom we really are. It does, however, generate plenty of evidence that can be used to monitor, control, and discipline us when we deviate away from the norm. And that's, that's when it becomes a politicized talking point. So they, yes. you know, using this misinformation as a tool to spread fear, you know, to support your agenda. Demagoguery. And Republicans, especially the religious ones, as well as white supremacists, have always used this technique to push their uh, hateful ideologies. And that's why you have a site like Libs of TikTok. 
Yeah. This is essentially that's the battle that's going on in TikTok right now. So I was a goth teenager back when being a goth wasn't in any way cool whatsoever. But I think it's a real teenage thing. And I think you feel it up until your 20s. You feel safe. You have an identity in a very confusing time. Puberty fucking sucks. Parents never forget how much puberty fucking sucks. And it felt good for me to be amongst other people who also identified as something other than the norm. Because that's all we really want. That's all people want is to belong to something in like hobbies, fandom. We all do it. Already research is showing that media attention on minorities is skewing people's uh, perceptions away from reality. In a uh, survey undertaken by YouGov in June of 22, it revealed that people thought 5% of the population was transgender. When in reality, it's just 0.3 to 0.7% of the people that identify as different from their biological sex. It's like a drop in the ocean. Yeah, barely. I mean, it's, it's very insignificant. It's a small portion of the population. All that America is proving is that when we put those very strange, very weird, very uptight Puritans on that boat and we sailed them over and we said, up yours, we were very correct because kids will consume what you let them consume. And just by watching a three minute video about being transgendered, it's not going to make anyone fucking transgender. Is TikTok gay? Yes, TikTok is very gay. But will it make you gay? Absolutely fucking not. No. I guess that depends, though, on the panties test. Oh, what's the panties test? Uh, What are we doing uh, now? Late last year, Madonna posted a bewildering video on her TikTok (laughs) account. And in it, she holds a pair of what look like pink panties. um, And it says on the video, if I miss, I'm gay. And so she tosses the pink panties towards a wastebasket, misses, and she gestures, oh, well. Oh, yeah. That's so funny. that's the thing. It's not the soy meat. It's not the trans vids. It's not the low T levels. It's the pink panties test. That's what you <laughs> should be worried about. Anyway, people, this is episode 884 here, Sick and Wrong. Got some phone calls coming up next, 323-522-4032. But first, here's a quick message from Adam and Eve. It's Butt Plug Month on AdamandEve.com. Show that you still care by bringing something new into the bedroom. And by something new, I mean a butt plug. Because if you order right now and use coupon code DIDDLE, you get 50% off your first item, a gift so sensual I can't even tell you about it on this podcast that talks about murder and bukkake, and on top of all of that, free shipping. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, adamandeve.com, and making a purchase with coupon code DIDDLE. That's D-I-D-D-L-E. So we're moving on to the phone call portion of the show. People, we need your phone calls. We really do. I'm trying to build out a backlog of calls. So give us a call, 323-522-4032. Don't worry, just just do it. Just get drunk. Drunk dial the Sick and Wrong hotline, and uh, just tell us about your life. I want somebody ringing in and just calling the either calling us woke about this episode or being upset that we like dead name someone i want one or the other i want someone to call in and tell me if uh you've ever had a co-worker die in the office like a, or just any co-worker die this is an alan partridge sketch but yes oh wait having a co-worker die yeah so you know in the is it the first season of alan partridge going into season two when um the head of the beeb is like you've got another series alan it's all great you're gonna have another series and then he has a heart attack and dies before he can sign the contract it's like alan partridge's look oh. i love alan partridge i haven't watched it in ages i'm gonna rewatch it all 
Well, I'm not calling about you dying. I'm calling about if you have a coworker that you know died and how everyone reacted to it. That's what I want. But if they have died, please ring us. Yeah, just give us a call and let us know what happened. 323-522-4032. Or send us an, an email, an MP3 via email at uh, com. So the first call we have here is, do you recall that one guy called in with a story about like, a Christmas story that never that never actually panned out for him in Korea, but then he got cut off, so we never even knew what happened. Do you remember this? Yes, vaguely. Sometimes I'm drunk for this portion of the show, but yes. Well, he called back in, so here's the actual story. Dee and Kate, hey, um, this is part two of my call of the uh, Christmas vacation that wasn't. Uh, so... I completely forgot that I had made that call, and then you played it on the show, and I didn't even realize it was my own voice, because, like, you know how that is. Uh, sometimes you just don't recognize your recorder voice. Um, so at any rate, uh, so here's part two. Uh, when I was in my early 20s, I went to Asia to teach ESL, and I was young and naive, and I thought I could take care of my visa information and all that stuff overseas there, because my boss told me I could, and... Did you know anyone that did that? I knew a few people, a fair few, that went and did uh, taught English in another country. Yeah, I know a couple of people that did it. it was like I've a, never wanted to do that. As soon as they got that PGCS, they, they were off. I never wanted to do that. No, it was never high up in my, uh, yeah, let's become a teacher and then go to the other countries and take them English. No. I just, yeah, I don't, I think I would have been very frustrated. My patience, my patience just kind of wears thin. When I have to deal with this. And, and you know what, though? You won't have this version because I think it's just an American thing. But I, I had tons of friends who went and did Camp America. What is Camp America? You've got to do it for your 25. I think it's the age limit is 25. But that's where you go and you're, like, you, you're at the summer camps with all the kids. You spend like six weeks with them. Just being at the summer camps with the kids. Camping. Sounds kind of pedo. Camp America. Yeah. I could never do that. I'm no, not spending oh six my God. weeks with a bunch of kids. No. You know, my Unless brother, all the kids was JonBenet Ramsey. My brother was a camp counselor. I forget what Jewish camp what? it was. It was called Camp... Oh, God. Tamarack. Camp Tamarack is where Jeffrey was a counselor. And he loved doing that. Well, if TikTok didn't make you gay, going to summer camp with Jeffrey... <laughs> You'd definitely <laughs> be gay. Yeah, for sure. I fucking hated summer camp. I did it once. I went to this. First of all, Jews and camps don't mix very well. <laughs> That's very but, true. <laughs> but my everyone, like when we first moved here, um, when we first moved to America, uh, all the young Jews that were my age went to this camp, Young Judea in Wisconsin, in the Wisconsin Dells. And they all flew there. And so um, my dad's like, oh, you should go to Camp Young Judea with the other kids from the congregation. And I was kind of against it, but I didn't really know anybody because, I mean, I just moved here. And so we ended up going there, and I fucking hated it. What did you not like? Did you miss your mommy and your daddy? I did, and I missed my dog. It it was just, you had to, like, get up at, like, 7.30, and they made you swim in this freezing cold lake. Then you had to go to, like, say Jew prayers. And then you had to, like, go be in like this this musical like practice for this musical i just fucking hated it i mean i didn't mind like when they did horseback riding or hiking or something but i just fucking hated it. i hated these people tell me what to do on my summer 
Like I should just be able to lay in bed reading the fucking Hobbit. You know, it's like oh my god, why... you want to... <laughs> nerd? Yeah, but I did. I read the Hobbit almost every summer. I loved it. But it's like, why do I have to go do this shit with these people that I fucking hate? It's a long time as well. Don't you go to summer camp for like six weeks or something? Yeah, I think it was like about six weeks. I think I talked That's about this on long. the show. I remember when uh, my dad died and we were going through all my old crap, like because we had to, you know, re- get rid of the storage unit that he had. I found like a bunch of old letters that I had written to my mom that was like, I hate this. Why did you send me here? Like, there's no reason for you to send me here. I'm thinking about breaking my arm to go home. (laughs) (laughs) Don't break your arm, David. I'll come get you. I was just, I'm just not a camp person. It's it's not for me. Some people love it, though. Yeah, we did, like, residentials of school. I think the longest we ever did was, like, a week. And even that was too long for me. Like, I'd... I'm not a person who misses home, like I never got homesick, but I'm just the same. I don't like being told what to do. I don't like being told like what to eat for breakfast, being made to have breakfast. I don't like eating food outside while sitting on a wet stone. I'm just like, you know, it's just not my, it's not vibes. (laughs) It's also like this douchebag 25 year old telling me what to do. It's like eat a (laughs) dick. When you're a kid, you just like, you know, the dicks. Yeah, totally. And like, Telling us to go to bed at nine and they're getting mad at us. I'm like, I fucking don't even want to be here. So, so I oftentimes I would just stay in the, in, in the room and then they were like, well, you're supposed to get up. I'm like, I'm not going to. I suppose they can't force you either. Nowadays wow. they probably can't. Are camps even allowed anymore because there must be so many regulations. Yeah, you know, I'm sure there's summer camps. They can't get rid of summer camps. But I, well, I always fucking hated it, so I'd never do it. When I got there, turns out that was a lie. And about a week later, they closed the school. He thought he was doing me a favor by sending me to another man to uh, teach English at his school. Only that guy didn't pay me either. So there it was, up a creek without a paddle, mountains of debt, uh, nothing to do. Uh, It was 5,000 miles away from home very little money, but I did have credit cards and uh, facing my first Christmas away from home in my life. And I saw this advertisement for a $1,500 for 10 days in Thailand um, on the island of Koh Samui, which is a fabulous party destination that lots of people love to go to. Great food. God, that'd be way better than spending Christmas with your family. Yeah. Going to some resort in Thailand, you know? A party destination. Although it might be sad on Christmas, because who's going partying on Christmas at a holiday destination? In those Asian countries, it's different. Like, uh, I was oh, yeah. I was there, I guess it was over Thanksgiving when I was there, but they, I guess in Japan, they kind of celebrate Christmas, sort No, of. they don't. They, do, they have, like, things they do for Christmas, but they don't celebrate yeah, Christmas. They eat Kentucky like, they Fried KFC. Chicken. Yeah, it's yeah, Kentucky Fried thing. Chicken is a thing. But they do but, it as a joke. Yeah, but they also kind of have like these weird Christmas decorations just around that aren't actual Christmas decorations. <laughs> it's like as robot Santas. And it's a very, it's very bizarre. So I don't know what they do in Korea. But Koreans we, are Christian though. We should go to Japan for a Christmas one, yeah. Just That'd be fun. Christmas That'd be cold there. though. But I think Koreans are Christian. Yeah, because what religion are they in Japan? They're, it's weird. Oh, uh, Shinto and Buddhist. That's it, yeah. But but yeah, I think in Korea, I imagine, or actually he said Thailand. I'm not sure about Thailand. 
You know, speaking of Thailand, I did have a friend who was a bartender that worked with P-Town that, uh, he was a cool dude. He like, um, was a skateboarder, photographer guy. He decided to go to Thailand, to Bangkok to teach English. Never came back. Yeah, he never came back. And he went there and he would like, I'm sure he still does. I mean, he's a little older than me. Shagged all of his students. All these like 21-year-old, 22-year-old Thai girls. Look, I'm not judging, but whenever a single man says they are going to Thailand, everyone, every eyebrow is raised and we all know why you're going there. It's not to shag Thai girls. We know that. It's for the lady boys. Trans prostitutes. If you say, oh, I'm going to Australia for a year, for a gap year, I'm going to Australia. Nobody's like, oh, yeah, to shag all the Australian prostitutes. No, we know why you're going to Thailand. We know. Well, I remember this guy came came to the States a few years ago, and uh, me and P-Town went out with him. And I asked him that very question. I was like, so how many ladyboys have you hooked up with? And he was just like, only one, really. He was like, it was just more of like a, a scientific experiment. I really kind of wanted to see what, what it felt like. I was like, would you boner? He's like, no. He's like, we were at this club and we were on the, like these chairs and he goes, she was really hot too. I at first didn't know she was a lady boy. He's mm-hmm. like, but then, uh, he's like, I pay, paid her like 20 bucks to finger her. He's like, and I was fingering her and just cause I wanted to see what the vagina felt like. And I was like, what was it like? He was, it was weird. He was like, you know, it was really shallow. He's like, so I bet you couldn't even fit your whole cock in there anyway. He was like, it was really shallow. He's like, and then he goes, it looked like, because he, he was like looking at it. He's like, it looked like a normal vagina that you took a shoe and just smashed it like a hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what ever happened to that guy. He's probably in a Thai prison right now or something. Awesome weather, wonderful beaches, all that great stuff. Looked really awesome uh, when you are as down in the dumps as I was at that point in my life. Mm. I didn't have money, but I did have a credit card. And I said, hey. This is a great idea. Why don't I just go? You know, yeah. another fifteen hundred bucks. What's the point? What's uh, what's wrong with that? Why not just do it? Why not just go, spend another fifteen hundred bucks, have this awesome vacation, and then I'll figure out what to do from there. It's better to regret something you have done than something you haven't, because the rest of your life you're probably not going to get that opportunity again. I would have just done it because I'm very terrible with money, and if I can spend money in an extravagant way, then of course I'm going to do it rather than doing anything practical. So. Yeah, You know, I regret when uh, me and P-Town and Kessler all went to Europe when we were like 22 and we did this drug fuel. The terrible trio. Yeah, like, you know, trying to bang as many girls as we could um, and went down from like, I think we flew to Amsterdam, went to Paris and then went down to uh, Madrid and Barcelona and the ultimate goal was Ibiza. That's what we wanted to do. We wanted to make it to uh, Ibiza. And so we got to Barcelona and we were planning on doing it, but it was fucking expensive to get there. Like for us to get there, it would have cost probably about that for like a weekend of like around $1,200. Yeah, you were going during the, the drug years as well. The, the height of it, yeah. Years. yeah. And so we were thinking of doing it and we are planning to do it. And then we just ended up at, you know, being like, it's just going to cost too much money. I think Kessler even asked his dad to pay for it. His dad was just like, fuck you. <laughs> and so uh, we ended up at the last last moment being like, nah, we're not going to do it. But I kind of regret that because I'm old now. And if I went to Ibiza now, it's not going to be the same as going when I was 22. 
Yeah, but David, what are you talking about? We can still go to Ibiza. We'll just go to the other side of the island, which is just as gorgeous and has all the great restaurants. Yeah, no, I mean, we could go, but it's going to be a different experience than when I was 22 years old. And, you know, wanting to go to these clubs to try to hook up with Ibiza girls or whatever. I think I would just, I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't be able to have that again. I wouldn't want it. None of the Ibiza girls who were looking for very rich gents would have even double taken at you, Kessler and Peter. I doubt it. I doubt it. But I just feel like we, I wouldn't be able to have that experience again. And I think he would have regretted this if he didn't go. I get it. But. There was a part of my brain that said, no, that is a bad idea. You're already in enough debt. Don't do it. So at the end of the day, follow the id. while I was very close to clicking yes and going on this tour group and having this awesome vacation, I said, no, I'm not going to do it. So I made the best Lame. of my time there. Uh, just went into Seoul um, and had a pretty awesome Christmas day, Christmas holiday party that I met up with some people that I just met, you know, like the lab, the week prior, had a good time, got blitzed, came home, woke up the next morning and find out uh, the Boxing Day tsunami had happened and realized oh, that shit. if I had gone on that trip, on Whoa. that vacation, I would have been in Koh Samui when a giant wall of water was coming up the beach and destroying everything in its path. And Whoa. if I had gone on that trip, maybe I wouldn't be here to talk about it today. So anyways, that's the uh, the rest of my story. Well, he got cut off. He comes back with a part two. But that's insane. Like, Yeah, of all the things to miss. Yeah, I what a twist of fate there. Gnarly tsunami, mate. Uh, do you remember the pictures from that? That was, I mean, Lucky just us, mate. destroyed that entire uh, community. It was crazy. Hey, D and Kate. Uh, once again, uh, I think I got cut off at the end of that phone call. But... Um, yeah, so that's basically the end of the story, uh, that particular story. I ended up staying in Korea for about six and a half years. Uh, what? Landed an awesome job eventually. Wow. Met awesome, fun, cool people. Had so many adventures, it's hard to even recount them all. And uh, one of the, some of these days I'll, uh, I'll call back and let you know some of the crazier things that happened. Uh, but definitely. a lot of it's right up your alley. <laughs> Anyways, hope you guys are doing great and uh i will talk to you later bye-bye you know what i like about this korea teacher here is he's the type of tourist that's quite a bit different than marshall island tony like he goes and he tours (laughs) the asian countries but he has a different uh goal or objective Uh, than marshall island know that yet he did say he i want to hear more crazy stories from k-town man yeah, call like us K teacher. We want to hear. Uh, we want to hear some more of these stories. That's a I'm long just... time. Six years in Korea. So yeah, I'm assuming you must time. be fluent in uh, Korean. Teach us how to swear in Korean. I want to know some really good Korean swear words. And also, if you ever want to get out of jail free card for how stupid you're about to act, all you ever have to remember is like just get looks interior inside your head going, "Let's get fucked up." And I've used him saying that to me to do stupid things millions of times. Yeah, follow the inner lux. That's what you the should inner do. inner lux. But yeah, give us a call. I want to hear about this. Have you ever gotten a Korean prostitute? What was that experience like? I think I, I, there's something that tells me a, a Korean prostitute is kind of like better than a lot of the other than Asian countries. a Thai prostitute? Countries. Yeah. 
You know who would know this? Probably a better question from Marshall Island Tony. I think he sampled every type of Asian prostitute. This is a question from Marshall Island Tony, and I want him to to like rate the prostitutes the prostitutes from like the ten best Asian countries. Like who is number one? All right, yeah, give us your uh, your rankings there, Marshall and Tony. People, call the Sick Round Hotline. We want to hear from you. 323-522-4032. Or email us, sickroundpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, big ups to all the listeners who support us on Patreon. We do appreciate you helping us keep yeah. it sick and wrong every week. Patreon.com slash sick and wrong. Sign up today. Also, go check out the Sick and Wrong Tea Public Store. You know, those shirts are actually pretty decent quality. Uh, speaking of looks interior, on my week off, I did get drunk. And uh, looks told me to partake in buying some T-shirts off Tea Public, which I fucking did. Sick and wrong this T-shirts? Thing. No, sorry. <sighs> Kind of I bought a Waylon Jennings t-shirt, a George Jones t-shirt, and a Nicolas Cage t-shirt. Because I like people to know what I like. <laughs> I'm a graphic tee girl. They do have some uh, decent shirts, though. And the quality is actually better than most of the other um, like t-shirt like printing sites. Yeah. yeah. So go to sickerownpodcast.com slash shop. Click on the picture of the Pope and get yourself some merch. Finally, here's Sickerown Song of the Week. I was trying to find something very topical, something that uh, related to the transgendered people on TikTok. So Kate Rambo actually found this song. A band called Schmeckle. Um, Schmeckle, <laughs> an all-transgender Jewish folk punk band from Brooklyn, New York. Um, kind of, that's a weird genre. Transgender Jewish folk punk. I think they're the only one who's ever existed, so good for them. Um, they've been described as queer Yiddish kite. I guess it's a, 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 a queer Jewish punk movement. Uh, Schmeckel made their audiences more comfortable with transgender topics through jokes, but they also included lyrical references to obscure queer Jewish and punk content that only a cultural insider would actually know. So the band's not, no longer together. I think they've moved on to, uh, to other bands. Um, however, this is a pretty hilarious song. So we're going to end the show with Schmeckel's You're Not the Only Bear I Fisted off their album, The Whale That Ate Jonah, which came out in 2013. People will be back next week with episode 885. Till then, take it sleazy. You say I am limp-wristed, but you're not the only bear I fisted. You say I am limp-wristed, but you're not the only bear I fisted. I wore my leather chaps to the eagle. Said, Queen, you aren't legal. But I said, No, really, I'm 29. And if you let me in, I can do you from behind. The bouncer said, Boy, you want to top me? I'm huge and hairy, can't you see? Just drop your pants, sir, I insisted. You're not the only bear I fisted. You say, I'm impristed, but you're not the only bear I fisted. I wore my vinyl suit to the cock. Some guy said, I look like Dr. Spock. That flaming Trekkie was cute but snotty. So I said, bend over and I'll beam you up, Scotty. He looked at my crotch and he said, you don't have the power. You must live long and prosper from a golden shower. I said, don't get your boxers twisted. You're not the only bear I fisted. You say, I'm impressed, but you're not the only bear I fisted. I wore my skinny jeans to the Phoenix. 
Some furry guy said, you don't have a penis. Sure I do, but whatever. Let's not talk semantics. Take off your clothes and I'll get my hands slicked. So he took his dick and I said, no turn around. And I got out a glove and lube by the pound. He growled and he roared and his glasses got misted. He's not the only bear I fisted, you say. I'm limp-wristed, but you're not the only bear I fisted, you say. I'm limp-wristed, but you're not the only bear I fisted, you say. I'm limp-wristed, but you're not the only bear I fisted. I am a gender-fluid, trans-femme, pan-romantic, great-ace, white-passing Japanese person.